0: And I've been in a series called Tales from the Darkness. And we've been looking at uh, stories from God's Word of God moving in dark seasons, dark times. A couple weeks ago, and and by the way, thanks to Pastor Keith for a wonderful message last week that he preached in my absence and, and did a wonderful, wonderful job. Great sermon. But a couple weeks ago, I preached on Jacob. I preached on struggling in the darkness. I'm going to go back to Jacob today. Jacob's a good good story. Today I'm going to preach on in the middle of darkness. In the middle of darkness. Last time we saw Jacob, and I see a Jacob here today. (laughs) Hey, Jake. I didn't know if it got his attention or not. Glad to have Julian, Mitch and Jake here today. But last time we saw Jacob as a struggler. He comes out of the womb, struggling. He was the second born. He was struggling with Esau. Fighting to be first place. He struggled with his brother for the, for the birthright. He struggled his whole life for acceptance and identity. And we saw that when he quit struggling... When he came to the end of himself, when he opened up himself, when he quit covering up and hiding who he really was, and and when he exposed himself and told God everything he is, that's when God gave him a new identity. That's when God changed his name and made him who he was created to be. So this week in Jacob's story, we're going to go right back to after he deceived Jacob his father Isaac. We're going right back. We're we're taking a little little rewind. Right after he conned the birthright out of his father. Remember, Isaac gave Jacob the blessing that was supposed to go to Esau, and once the blessing was given, it cannot be revoked. So, Jacob has received the blessing. Esau came home, found out. He vowed that, that when Dad dies... I'm coming after you, Jacob, and I'm going to kill you. And so Jacob takes off on the run. His mama says, hey, you've got an uncle, Uncle Laban, who lives in Haran. So, So Jacob takes off on the run, and that's where we're picking up immediately after he leaves home, okay? So it says in Genesis 28, verse 10, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Because the sun had set. And he took one of his stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Now, if you remember from last time, Jacob, Jacob was a mama's boy. Esau was his dad's favorite. Esau was an outdoorsman, a tough guy, hunter, fisherman, country boy. Jacob was a homebody. So so here is Jacob, the first night he's ever been on his own. He's, he's out under the stars, this homebody. I mean, I don't want to read too much into how Jacob acted, but I'm, I'm sure Jacob, he liked his comfortable bed and his comfortable mattress and he liked comfort and he liked everything to be neat and tidy. That's just kind of how I, that's just how I, I see it so here's Jacob a couple days earlier he's he's at home sleeping comfortably and now he's out in the in in the middle of darkness he's he's out sleeping it it says that that he found a rock to lay his head upon the rock became a pillow a couple of days earlier he had his nice comfortable pillow and now this Homebody is now sleeping on a rock. He's literally between a rock and a hard place. He doesn't know where he's going to. It's in the middle. He's in the middle. It's it's nighttime. He doesn't know the land of Haran. All he knows is Beersheba. He doesn't, he doesn't even know his uncle. All he knows is he can't go back to where he came from. He's a wanted man. He's in the middle of darkness. He's past the point of no return. There's no turning back. The only place I have to go is forward. And see, this, this message is for those that might feel like you're in the middle of darkness. You know you could you could say this this message is for those who are in a transitional time in life. Jacob is transitioning. Maybe you're in the middle of darkness. You might not know where you're going. You might not even really know where you're you're at right now. <laughs> but all you know is you can't go back to where you came from. That season's over. It's gone. It's time to move forward time to move forward you might be in the middle because of a mistake you made like jacob maybe you're the one who caused the darkness you made the mistake you're 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 in the middle maybe you're in the middle because of an unforeseen circumstance a tragedy maybe a, a sudden change forced you into the middle Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost a companion, someone that that's that's close to you, and and there's there's no turning back now. I am in the middle. I am in uncharted territory right now. I I I don't know I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I just know there's no going back. I'm in the middle. Maybe you feel the Lord directing you to take a step of faith into a new direction, a new calling maybe you sense god calling you to 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 take a step of faith he he's given you a a new vision a, a new direction a new dream and you've and you've taken a step of faith okay god i'm i'm gonna take the step of, and and you take that step of faith and you, and you look back it's like where am i y'all ever been like that i'm following god i'm gonna, god wherever you lead i'm gonna follow and you take that step of faith and it's all of a sudden it's like god disappeared okay i'm i'm, I'm in the middle of darkness I don't know where I'm going I just know I can't go back in the middle in the middle the middle can be a lonely place the middle can be a confusing place you're in the middle of darkness you pull out your cell phone and 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 you're trying to call home trying. I want to call my mommy I gotta call mommy mommy can you come in and and there's no cell phone coverage in the middle of darkness kind of like Keystone Heights ain't in the, in the middle of nowhere they, they no internet you know what, I'm going to pull out my, my IMAPs and, or Google or, or whatever it is, and I'm going to type in where, where, I'm, where I'm at and, and, and where I'm going. And you know how, you know how when you're typing in IMAPs, it, it takes you from the direction where you're at? You want to go from this point? Well, well, you're so lost in the middle, of the, it doesn't even know where you're at. It's like it, it thinks you're like in Zimbabwe or something, and directions from Zimbabwe to South Carolina. You know, it's just, it's just confusing time. But here's what I want you to see today in this message. God has a way of finding those of us in the middle of darkness. You might not know where you're at, but I promise you God knows where you're at. You might even be running from God. But like the song says, God's goodness, he's still running after you. He's still running after you. That's the middle of darkness. And and that's what happens to Jacob. God finds him. God finds him. Look at verse 12 says that Jacob, in the middle of literal darkness, in the middle of the night, he dreamed. Behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached the heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. What a promise. What God finds Jacob and confirms this promise, the promise that he gave to his grandfather Abraham and his, and his father Isaac. He confirms the, the promise. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I'm going to bless your seed. I mean, actually, this, is, this prophetic promise is pointing to Jesus. The seed he's talking about is the seed, the Savior, that would come through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob i'm going I'm going to bless this land I'm, I'm going to bless you I'm going to give you this land now remember Jacob just pulled off the scam of all scams he, he's a deceiver he's, he's a con artist, he's a manipulator yet, yet in the middle, God finds this deceiver and confirms the promise. I mean he's the last one on earth who deserves this. God even finds him and and he introduced this is the first introduction that Jacob has to God, the first time God met with Jacob. And if you look at, he, he, he says, he says, Jacob, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Lord God. If you look, if you look that word, Lord God, if you look that up in, in the Hebrew, the the actual translation is, Yahweh. I am Yahweh God. Yahweh means faithful God of the covenant. Faithful God of the promise. So think about this. Jacob is anything but faithful, right? Jacob is anything but truthful. He's a thief. He's a liar. But so, so it's as if God is, is saying to Jacob, Jacob, I'm, I know what you've done. <laughs> I know who you are. You are deceiver. You are manipulator. You are untruthful. You are unfaithful. But it's as if God is saying, look, you might be unfaithful, but I want you to get to know me in the midst of your unfaithfulness. I just want you to know I'll always be faithful to you in the midst of your lies and and your deception i want you to know i'll always be truthful to you the first introduction to god jacob meets yahweh the faithful god the unfaithful one meets the faithful god of the promise and this is so important for us to remember because in the middle of the darkness not only does God find us, but the devil also finds us. God's goodness is chasing us down, but the devil's badness is also chasing us down. God's coming to us to remind us of His faithfulness, but doesn't the devil, in the middle of the, doesn't he always come to remind you of your unfaithfulness? You're a failure. You're, you're, a, you're, you are, you're not a good Christian. Why you even bother going into church? Why don't you just just get away from the, those people just going to judge you? See, that's how the devil does when we're lost in the middle. The, the devil wants to try to convince us, hey, God's mad at us. God is through with us. God is done with us. But when the devil reminds us of our failures and our unfaithfulness in the middle of darkness, we've got to remember, 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 remember God's faithfulness to us. When when the devil tries to remind us of who we are, where we are, why we're never going to get to where we're supposed to be, we've got to remember God's promise. We've got to remember God's faithfulness. We've got to stand firm on His grace and His love and His goodness that's always running after us. I got three points about the middle of darkness. Number one, the middle of darkness is a place of remembrance. It's a place of remembrance. When we're in the middle, when it, when it seems lost, that's when we have to remember the promises of God. That's when we have to stand on God's Word. That's when we have to stand on God's faithfulness. When we're in the middle, when we're in the middle of darkness, that's when we have to remember what God's done in our life. That's when we need to learn how to, how to count our blessings. Like that old hymn says, count our blessings, name them one by one. That's when we have to remember the cross. We have to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us through his cross and resurrection. When the devil says, you're unworthy, you got you to remember that Jesus came searching for He He went to the cross. I, I've gotta, we got to remind ourselves of the gospel when when we're in the middle of darkness see we got to stir these things up that's like the, the the uh it says that david when they stole all his possessions david had to strengthen himself in the lord he had to recall all the goodness of god he had to recall what jesus has done see our problem is in the middle of darkness that's become a place of forgetfulness for us just yesterday, God blessed you with this. God blessed you with this. It's Sunday, I'm singing, I'll oh, praise God. But on Monday, it's like all of a sudden, I just forgot everything that God has done. Yes. But the middle of darkness needs to be a place of remembrance. Psalms 103 verse 2 says, Oh, my soul, bless the Lord, O oh, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Forget not It's benefits, and you can read the rest of Psalms 103, who redeems our life, who saves our soul, who heals our disease. You You can see that. In the middle of darkness, when we can't see, that's when we have to stand on what God has said. When we can't see, that's when we have to stand on what God has done. Don't look at me and tell me that God's never done anything for you. Don't you look back at me like that, like you're trying to think, hmm, what has he done for me? Are you here today? God's done something for you. Did you wake up this morning? God's done something for you. Well, none of us should be here. We all should be dead. You, you, we don't deserve this day, but this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. God saved your soul when you didn't deserve to be saving, when I didn't deserve to be saving. God got us out of the mess That we got ourselves into. Now, isn't that something? We get ourselves into the junk, and then we complain to God, and God's like, okay, I'll lift you up. And then once we get back, we go right back into this. And God, guess what? He keeps coming, doesn't he? He keeps coming to deliver you out of the stupid stuff you do. That's just, God's done something for you, hadn't he? Come on, somebody say amen if God's done something. I'm remembering. I'm remembering. I'm remembering what God has done. God made a way when there was no way. Turn the middle of darkness into a place of remembrance. And watch what God does for you. Look at verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. And he was afraid. And he said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head. He set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it, and he called the name of that place Beth-El. Beth-El means house of God. Hebrew, God-El, Beth-house, house of God. But the name of that city had been Luz previously. As I was reading this, this caught my attention. Lose. It's ironic that the place where Jacob is, is Lose. Loserville. L-O-S-E, Lose. Lost. He's in the land of the lost. Isn't that how the middle of the darkness is? It's, it's, it's the land of the lost. Y'all ever been to Loserville? How many of you been to Loserville? It, it's not a fun place. It's the land, it, it's, it's ironic. He comes to lose. But it was in lose that Jacob became found. I want you to follow me. In lose, Jacob became found because it was in loserville that Jacob got a revelation of God's promise provision and presence it was in the land of the lost it was in loserville that he that, that did you catch what he said he says this is an awesome place it was in the middle in the land of lost in lose that he that he says this is now Beth the house of God. Here's my second point. I want you to follow me on this. Number two, the middle of darkness is a place of revelation. See, the middle of darkness needs to be your place of remembrance, but the middle of darkness, that that middle place, lose, loserville, the land of the lost, it, it it can become a place of revelation. Because in the middle of our darkness. In the middle of the land of the lost, our lose. Do you know that our lose can actually become our awesome place? Our lose can become Bethel, the house of God, when we get a revelation of God's promise, provision and presence. See, but but for most of us when we come to lose, when we come to the land of the lost in the middle of the dark, most of us are like, God, get me out of lose. God, help me find my way out. Get me out of Loserville. Get me out of the middle of darkness. But but see, here's the revelation. If we could just get a revelation that God's promise, provision, and presence isn't our reward for getting out of the darkness. God's promise, provision, and presence is available to us right now in the middle of the darkness. That's the revelation at Loserville. i'm not hoping to get out so i can get blessed he can bless me right here in loserville but it takes getting a revelation you can't see this with your physical eyes you can't touch this physically it's got to be a revelation a spiritual awakening a spirit in the middle of the pain in the middle of your loneliness your lost place Can become your awesome place your lost place can become your Bethel I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in the lost place and looking back now I didn't realize it but while I was there in the lost place I was like Jake surely God was here and I didn't even know it and I look back now and I'm like whoa those lost places are actually my most awesomest places (laughs) the the hardest times of my life were actually the the times that propelled me to my destiny they're actually those those terrible moments the loser that's the moments those moments of life is where i found god's promise and found his provision and found his presence Anybody know what I'm talking about? You you, you you were were in Bethel. You were in an awesome place and you didn't even know it. Don't you know that God, every single disciple, every single apostle, every single man, woman of God in the Bible that God used for greatness, He found them in Loserville. He found them in the middle of darkness. And those dark places became the awesome place. Those dark places became Bethel, the house of God. So many missed the awesome place. So many miss the presence of God because they spend their energy trying to get out of lose when they need to just sit and recognize that that maybe God's got me here in lose for a reason because maybe this is the place that God wants to meet with me. And you're trying to get out, you're trying to escape lose, but God just wants you to sit still, sit still. I want to meet you. At lose and you're gonna miss your Bethel you're gonna miss your awesome place Jacob said surely the Lord was there and and I didn't know and and some of you might miss your Bethel because you're more focused on getting out of the darkness than you are on what God wants to do in you and through you in the midst of the darkness did you hear that You're trying to get out of the darkness, but you really need to be focused. What does God want to do in me and through me in the midst of the darkness? You're looking for God's presence. You're chasing God's presence. And you don't even realize he's been with you the whole time. God's been here. I didn't even know it. Hey, did you notice also that when he woke up, he took the rock and he poured oil over the rock? Man, it's a message right here in itself. How many of you know what the oil represents in the Bible? And I know you know it, the Holy Spirit. I've preached about the oil of the Holy Spirit. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. It represents the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit Listen to this. Jacob's hard place in the lost place became an anointed place because he poured the oil on it. The middle of darkness became a place of Holy Ghost power because he poured the oil on it. Your hard place can become an anointed place if you learn how to pour the oil on it. Your dark place, the place of pain and regret, can become a powerful place. If you'll learn how to pour the oil of the Holy Spirit on it. See, most of us, we take that rock. (laughs) We wake up. Oh, the rock is so, man, it's messing with my back and I can't sleep. And you, you're complaining about the rock and, and, oh, I hate this rock. I'm ready to get my, my pillow so I could be comfortable. You're complaining about the rock, but you, that rock can become an anointed place if you learn how to bring the Holy Spirit. God, I don't want to be here, but since I'm here, fill me with your Spirit. Fill this place with your power and your anointing. The hard place is going to become an anointed place. Or I can tell others what God has done. Look at verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this place that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. What's Jacob doing in the middle of the darkness? He's responding. He's made the middle of darkness a place of response. That's number three. A place of response. Jacob responded to God in the darkness. He didn't waste the darkness. Even the stone that he slept on. Became an anointed place. It became a stone of remembrance. A stone of response. It became a stone of surrender. And here's my message to you. If you're in the middle of darkness. You're in Loserville. Don't waste the darkness. Don't waste the darkness. God is trying to speak to you. God is calling you. God is trying to get your attention. A lot of people come out of the darkness bitter. They're bitter at God. They're bitter at church. They're bitter at the pastor. Don't come out bitter, come out better. I'm responding to God in the darkness. You might be between a rock and a hard place, but let that rock, become a pillar and a place of response. In the Old Testament, when they crossed the Jordan, they called it Ebenezer Stones, where they set up on the banks of of the Jordan. The Ebenezer Stones were places, reminders, that this is where we responded to our God. Those hard moments of life can become pillar moments, can become anointed moments. Can, can become destiny-changing moments if we'll learn how to bring the oil of the Holy Spirit in and how, if we'll learn how to respond and, and how to surrender to the voice of the Lord. And that's what's taking place here. Jacob is responding to Yahweh. And in the middle of darkness, Jacob made Yahweh his God. I'm going to follow you. I want to fast forward to chapter 35 as I wind this down. Flip all the way to chapter 35. 21 years have passed since that moment. Jacob's name has been changed to Israel. We saw that from a couple weeks ago. He's made peace with Esau. He's made peace with God. Jacob's had a crazy... Roller coaster life up, down, up, down. But he's older now, he's wiser, he's prosperous, he's blessed. He has the 12 sons, which would be future Israel the, the 12 tribes of future Israel. God has promised all this, and Jacob is now living it. And in Genesis 35, verse 1, God appears to Jacob again. After 21 years, God comes to Jacob again. Look what it says. It says, then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Arise. Go up to Bethel. What's God doing here? He's, He's calling Jacob To remember Bethel. Remember what happened 21 years ago when you were in the middle? Remember Bethel? Remember how I found you and you were lost? You are a wanted man. Remember how I rescued you? Well, Jacob, look back over these last 21 years. Have I not lived up to what I told you? I said you'd be blessed. I said you'd, your children would be blessed. I said you'd be prosperous. Have I been faithful to you? And it's like God is saying, I want you to go back to that place. Back to where I found you. And I want you to build an altar there. And I want you to worship me. And I want you to thank me for everything I've done for you. Go back. Go back to that place. And I know there's people right now that are in the middle of darkness. But I promise you, you're going to come out. You're going to come out. But for those that's come out of the darkness, for those that are on the other side of the darkness, we just can't get too far from Bethel. For those who, who God has blessed and brought you out, and, and God has been, we can't get too far removed from the place that he found us. We can't get too far removed from Bethel because every now and again we need to go back to where he found us and we need to build an altar there and we need to worship him and we need to thank him and and we need to praise him for everything that he's done. You know, even if you're in the middle of darkness right now, you don't have to wait 20 years to build. You can build your altar right now. God, I might not be out, but I'm praising you in advance because I'm about to get out. I might not be where I want to be, but God, I'm building my altar at Bethel right now. I might not be there, but I know I'm going to get there one day, and I'm worshiping you, and I'm praising you. See, that's what God, God is telling you. Don't get too far removed from that place of grace, from that place where I found you in the middle of nowhere. And I love what Jacob told his family He says this in verse 3. He says, Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress. Genesis 28. He says, I'm going to build an altar who answered me in the day of my distress, and, now this is what I want you to see as we close, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. The New Living Translation says that he has... God has been with me wherever I've gone, wherever. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. The first time Jacob was in Bethel, Genesis 28, we just read it. The first time in Genesis 28, verse 16, he awakes and he says, the Lord is here in this place. But now it's been 20 years later. And after 20 years of God's faithfulness and provision and promise, Jacob, he's, he's like, whoa. He's been with me wherever I've gone. Here, 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 here's, what, here's what I'm trying to say. It's not about God's presence right here. <laughs> right here. But Jacob has discovered that God's presence has been with him wherever he's gone. It's not just in one place. I've seen the blessing of God. I've seen the presence of God. The, the blessing, the presence of God isn't just there in bed. He's been with me every step of the way. The presence of God isn't just here. Here. In a specific place, but his presence has gone with me everywhere I've walked. Jacob has discovered that the presence of God is not about him trying to get to where God is, rather, it's been about God being with him wherever he has gone. I don't have to get to a place. To experience God's presence I've got his presence everywhere I go everywhere I go before it was about the presence right here but now it's about after 20 years I now see that it's not about here it's about here everywhere I've walked he's been here Everywhere I've been he's he's been it's not about here. It's about here Here Do this right here put your hand. It's here Everywhere you've walked he's been with you He's with you right now. He's he's right right here Everywhere you will walk. he's He's here He's here. He's here when you go over there he's here when you walk through the fires of tribulation he's here he's here he's here he's here see that's what jacob has discovered see that's the faithfulness of god you might be in the middle you might feel lost you might not feel god's presence well let me tell you christianity is not about feelings it's about he's here he's here whether i feel him or not he's he's here he's here he's here he's here he's here Where could I go from his presence? See, even the psalmist said, if, if I go to the heavens, he's here. Even if I go down to the abyss, he's here. If I go over here, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. I, I can try to get rid. He's not leaving. He's not leaving. Everywhere I've gone, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. So you know what that means? It means every place is your Bethel. It means every place is the place of sacrifice. Wherever you put your foot, that's a place where an altar needs to be built. I'm taking it. God, thank you for giving me that step. I'm going to build you an altar. I'm going to build you a sacrifice, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to praise you because you've been here. You've been here. You've been here. Now, now, look, the middle's not a pleasant place. I want you to the middle's not a pleasant place, but I promise you the middle can become your most awesome place if you turn it into a place of remembrance. You get into God's Word. You devour yourself in the Word of God and the promises of God. You learn how to praise and give thanks. The middle can become an awesome place. If you get a revelation of all that God has done right now in the middle, God's calling, and and if if you respond, don't waste that middle place. Don't leave here bitter. Don't leave here mad and frustrated. Respond. Make the middle a place of response. that'll be your Bethel. I want to ask you to bow your heads. Bethel, the awesome place. The awesome place. Listen, church, if you live live your life searching for the awesome place, you'll never find the awesome place. You're in the awesome place right now. If you live your life trying to get good, if you live your life hoping everything gets better, hopeful this politician gets in. Well, if this one gets in, it, then America's going to be safe. If, this one, if you live your life like that, man, you're going you're gonna to die miserable. Right now, I don't care who's president. It's, I, I'm still in my awesome place right now. I'm in Bethel. I'm in Bethel. Wherever you're at, you can be in Bethel. You, you can be in that awesome place right now. You'll bring it all to the Lord bring it all to God I want to ask you have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior have you asked Jesus into your heart Because wherever you're at right now, whatever sin you've committed, whatever you've done last night, I promise Jesus, He's running after you. He's not running after you to, to push you over the cliff into hell. He's running after you because he wants to save you. He gave his life for you. Would you just stop and receive him as Savior? He's given you his grace. He's given you his love. Whosoever will may come. We're not saved by works, we're not saved by our goodness, we're saved by the free gift of grace by putting our faith in what Jesus Christ has done. That's it. And I want to lead you in a prayer.